Hello and welcome back to the Afterhome, an NBA gambling show brought to you by two professional gambling brothers. My name is Ryan and as always I'm joined by my co-host and brother Ronan. What's happening? It was originally intended to be a weekly NBA gambling show, but it sort of turned into you'll get it whenever we're fucking bothered. Yeah, I don't know what happened last week. What did happen last week? Well, nothing really happened in the NBA, so... Did we play golf? It could have been that, yeah. I think we were playing golf last week and it's kind of getting close to the playoffs and everyone's just kind of waiting for the season to end. Yeah, golf season is upon us now, so that'll factor in at the end of the podcast. We're going to touch on a wee bit on the Masters, which is coming up next week. Yeah, and you might get less content because we'll probably be on the golf course most days. Yeah, true. We'll, we'll attempt... I know why. The weather was good. Oh, that was The weather was good. We were playing golf. So, you know, that's what happens. Sorry about that. Yeah. So, this week, we're going to have a wee rundown. We've got two weeks of stuff to kind of break down. We're talking uh, awards. We're talking the East. We're talking the Atlantic Division. uh, Touch on the West a wee bit. And then, like we said, yeah, touch on the Masters as well in the golf. It's getting into squeaky bum time now. The playoffs are coming up. There is, what, about five games left for? Five, six, yeah, depending on teams. I think the most is... Six now, yeah. There's the season ends on Sunday week, so there's only about ten days left in the season. It's mad. I can even. still remember the season starting again and how buzzing it was for it to come back, and it's just it's mad how quick it flies in. But th- this is the best time of the year. Yeah, April is my favorite month, especially because the Masters is the first week, NBA regular season ends, the play-in week, playoffs start. Good weather. It's, good weather comes. It's the, it's the best month of the year for me. So yeah, excited for the season. Actually, excited for the season to end, so I can maybe start getting some money back for all these outrights I've been on for so long. Yeah, this is also it's funny because it's the best time of the year, but the worst time of the year as well because it's when all the coffers are dried up. Your money is just bad on everything. You're you're borrowing money in some cases to bet it on things. Uh, I know what you're like, and yeah, you're just you're trying to cover every base because this is the thing. Like if you're betting. If you're getting on good value bets earlier in the year and you're getting to the point now where they've come in way or come in by a lot, you've got the opportunity to hedge a lot of times. And we were just talking off air the, uh, about how we should probably hedge more than we do. And again, we're like, yeah, you just need the money for it. Yeah, especially if you're like me and have no balls, I end up hedging like a, a decent bit. But now, see, I don't think it's that. I think it's you've learned lessons because yeah. how many times you've been burned. Like. I've been stung so many times. There's only so many times you can get hit before realising that your strategies may be wrong. Jordan Spieth. Yeah, Warriors oh, 2016. Fuck. Oh god, don't start. But yeah, well, and this year, Draymond Green, Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, b- before the podcast started, Ryan and myself were having a chat about the turn of the year. So, what first of January time, Draymond Green was like one point eight to win Defensive Player of the Year. Now he's like forty to one. Yeah, the Cavs. I mean, the Cavs were ten to one on to make the playoffs, and now they're looking like that might be in trouble. We're going to touch on that later on when we talk Eastern play-in scenarios. But yeah, it's the reason why. Well, hedging is something that we do do, and that it's you know you should do, but it's not always that easy, depending on the market. So you know you can't always blame yourself, but sometimes you just get greedy. Yeah, yeah. So let's start with MVP. There's been a big change in the odds this week with the ESPN straw poll. I think mm-hmm. it came out on Tuesday. Yeah. At the time, Joel Embiid was about one point five to win, and when the results of the straw poll came out, which basically showed that. Well, the way this straw poll works is ESPN poll a lot of local NBA writers. It's not usually the same ones who end up voting for MVP, but it's people who have a similar job to the people who vote for MVP, and it came, it came out looking like Jokic was going to walk away with it. Yeah, they, what he does is he, he tries to get it as close as possible to the way that they do it for the official MVP ballot. So there's a couple of you know local like beat writers, national broadcast, like broadcast people. So it's as close as you can kind of get to an accurate representation. And yeah. it's usually... Because there's a couple, there was one, I think there's three during the year. Um, yeah, I think so. And this is, you know, a generally a good indicator of who's going to win it. And yeah, Jokic came out ahead. Yeah, so then the bookies obviously saw the results and the odds completely flipped. Embiid went, my... Embiid went from 1.5 out to 2.5. Jokic went from, maybe actually longer, Jokic went from about 2 to 1 into 1.6. And I'm starting to think, like what I'm happy about now is this is finally the closest to what I think. And actually, it's not there yet, but what I personally think the, the odds should be and the favourite should be and who should win it and that's Jokic, Giannis and Bede. Yeah, and Bede I should agree. Be third. Like, we've, we've talked about this since we the first episode we talked about MVP and who we were on and I'm sorry, especially to our friend Paddy who's a massive Embiid fan but fucking Giannis does everything he does better. Like yeah. It's just a fact Like he and, and his team's better which, you know, I mean his team has a better record obviously he does have better players around him but so they could potentially get the first seed so he should absolutely be second favourite and he should actually be tighter than he is. Yeah, Jokic in well, terms of we'll odds. get into this a bit here now. So I think we both agree that Jokic should 100% be the favourite, right? 
Yes. Yeah. So the, the big question for me is who should be the second favourite? And I think we, well, I don't think there's any value in Jokic at the minute. I think 1.5 is probably fair enough. He, he should probably be shorter, being realistic. But, you know, I'm not going to back him at 1.5. But now, like I said, the big question is Giannis and Embiid. Do you think, well, I know what you're going to say because you just said it, but do you think there's any justification for Embiid being 2-1 to one and Giannis being 6-1? to one? No, not at all. Like, he has, he's in the uh, same conference, you know, better, he has better all stats, just more or less nearly across the board. The 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 one factor that's been there the whole year for Embiid is he has a worse team around him. And it's like, do you know what? I'm not going to say that's nothing because it is something, but Giannis is just a better player and he... Yeah, I I think he it's a bit of the the you know voter fatigue and and all that stuff, but he's reminding people, and especially in this final run of the season, which shouldn't be, but it definitely holds more weight than the it start of the does. season. Yeah, it always does. It's recency bias. So, like that that performance against the Nets the other night, like last was, night, yeah, or yeah, last night was just fucking yeah. ridiculous. Well, I have some stats on this. So when people say Giannis has a better team than Embiid. I understand that Giannis has Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, NBA All-Stars. Mm-hmm. That, fair enough. But when you actually look at the on-off ratings, I did a bit of a deep dive this week and I tweeted about it earlier earlier in the week, just before the straw poll came out, I think, and I ended up tipping Jokic at 2.2. Yeah. And then I think he was 1.5 the next day, so shout out to anybody who, who followed me there. <laughs> managed to get on. Yeah, but... Slip in. Yeah, okay, so when you look at net rating, when Giannis is off the court, the Bucks rank as the 20th best team in the NBA. And when Giannis is on the court, they play like the second best team in the NBA. So they go from 20th to second. Okay. When Embiid is on the court, the Sixers go from the 21st best team in the NBA to the second. So it's more or less exactly the same jump. Okay. You know, both players' teams with them off and on. Off and on, yeah. Yeah, Not much of a difference. Now the thing is, when you look at the teams off the court, that's the more important rating because the, the debate here is Giannis has a better team, right? So when Giannis is off the court, his team ranks as minus 2.8 net written. net written. When Embiid is off the court, his team ranks minus 3 net written. So there's 0.2 difference between them. There's not really anything in it. Yeah, but that's actually a lot closer than I thought it would be. Yeah, see, and everybody says, and especially this week, because the Sixers have lost a couple of close games this week, and it's really been when Embiid has sat that the bench has really struggled and yeah, they need always. to get Embiid help. Yeah, that, that's that been flavour of the week, but net rating over the course of the season doesn't lie when both players are off the court their teams are more or less identical net rating mm-hmm. so I don't know I know I know how people make the argument about all-stars and stuff like that but the net like I said the advanced stats yeah, doesn't don't really lie. lie here do you know they're, they're the same teams effectively. and then, then that if that takes away that argument which is basically Embiid's major sort of thing that he has that, that well that I thought he had that Giannis doesn't then you know the numbers. Yeah. So what argument does Embiid have? Like, like you said earlier when we started this segment, Giannis has better counting stats in everything: points, rebounds, assists. He, blocks, he does what Embiid does, but better. Yeah. Like Embiid's a slightly different player, but but they, even then, so like Giannis's stats are slightly better. You know, it's really close. They, they are when you look at it on paper, they almost look like the same player. Now Giannis mm-hmm. has quite a few more assists, but when you look at the advanced stats like VORP and BPM. Giannis is better. Giannis's VORP is seven and Bede's is six, which is a decent difference. Giannis's box plus minus is eleven point four and Bede's is nine point three. So, like, I don't know how people can make the claim that Embiid deserves it's, it more than Giannis because Embiid isn't the head of Giannis in anything. It's just narrative. In it's, anything. It's narrative, and th- that's why I think this is the annoying thing. If you could do uh, what do you call it in horse racing, like uh, each way? No, not each way. When you bet in like the top three, or like a place. Yeah, you know, if you could bet for second, third, like... Uh, oh, yeah, 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 and, like, bet the order. Obviously, uh, spot the, the boy hasn't bet in horse racing in a long time, uh, because it's stupid as fuck. The, yeah, I'd be betting, I'd be betting, actually, at the minute, Jokic, Giannis, and Bede. The problem is, then, you're sort of going against what the narrative has been, but I can sort of sense it shifting a wee bit. And this is the thing, when you talk about the narrative, it's not like you were, like, locked in the 100 voters, it's kind of like the the four or five most vocal journalists and podcasters and stuff that are out there and let's be honest most of the voters just follow what they say like a good predictor of who's going to win the awards is who does Zach Lowe pick for the awards who does fucking Kevin Bill O'Connor and Kevin O'Connor pick for the awards so and there you can hear like recent podcasts and stuff they're talking I heard Bill Simmons today or yesterday or today was saying 
yeah, Jokic, Giannis and Bede. I think he's leaning that way as well. Yeah. Because, you know, it, Giannis just fell out because everyone just knows he's good and everyone knows Embiid's good, but he, he, he hasn't been recognised for it yet. Yeah. Well, in Bill Simmons' most recent podcast, he said he's been saying Jokic for the last few weeks, but now after Giannis's recent tour through the hardest schedule in the league where they just keep winning and he's putting up 40-point games, Bill Simmons says if the Bucks get the number one seed, it's going to be very hard to pick Jokic over Giannis. This is it, and it's a harder conference as well. So, like, what, like, why not Giannis? So, I'm on at sevens. Uh, I think sevens or eights was the highest I've been on, but that was from fucking near the start of the season. Do you know? I actually think I had some on Giannis pre-season as well, and you know, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna fucking toot my own horn here. I haven't bet him beat to be MVP because I never thought he'd deserve it, and I also sort of, I mean, whenever he was on that run and he went favorite, yeah, I was shit myself a bit. But the only two people I'm actually on are Giannis and Jokic. So I'm kind of happy in that sense because I believe that should be the one too either way. But, you know, if the box come first in the East, why the fuck? Like, you know, he, then he takes the best player in the best, well, not the best team, the best team in the conference, yeah. sort of. Um, you know, he takes that box. But I, I honestly think if the box finish out the season the way they look, they're going to fin- finish it. First seed. First seed. And with Giannis putting up, what the fuck, he's putting up 40-point games, you know, standard Giannis domination sort of stuff, then why should they not be both around evens? So why should it not be a, a coin toss between him and him and Jokic? I so. think that's fair enough. I was going to ask you. So we obviously both agree that Giannis should be second favorite. Yeah. Switch the odds of Giannis and Embiid. So call Giannis two to one and Embiid six to one, seven to one. Embiid's out of it for me. Embiid mm-hmm. doesn't have a, a hope. So do you think Giannis should be shorter than what Embiid is now? Like you said, you think? Yeah, I, I think I think it should be. This is a, this is the thing. I think. If I was a voter, I wouldn't be decided yet. It would be like not that I think the last few games are going to. I need to have to sit down and actually think and go right. This is who, who I'm picking. But first answer would be both of them should be like one point nine. Should be a pick him. I think I would back Jokic at one point nine. I, I think there's the thing. I, I do think he's going to win it because I think the media are going to pick him. Yeah, do you know, like yeah. I, I do think he's going to win back to backs. But I, I think do you know, there is a world in which the the Bucks finish these last five games. Fucking Giannis averages, you know, thirty five points. Fucking ten and seven. And then and they get the first seed, yeah, a couple of highlight def- defensive plays and people just, it gets in people's brains and then all it takes, like I said, is two big podcasters to, to, to pick him and then I think there is a there is definitely a world in which he wins it. Which is sort of funny because now I'm like, I bet on him pre-season at sevens to win it. He's now still sevens to win it and I'm kind of like, do I re-back him? I was actually thinking this earlier yeah. and I've got, I want to bet on other things so I'm going to hold off on it. I think Giannis is valued but then don't be quick to forget about Jokic. No, I talking about that tweet I posted earlier in the week. I'm looking at the the stats here again. It's fucking crazy. Jokic off the court, the Nuggets rank minus seven net rating, which would be the sixth worst team in the NBA. So basically, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm-hmm. So when Jokic doesn't play, they're the Thunder. When Jokic plays, they're the se- they play like the second best team in the NBA. So they go from the Thunder to the, just worse than the Suns, better than the Boston Celtics. So somewhere in between the Celtics and the Suns. Is the level the Nuggets play at when you get different team makes? That's the different team makes. He turns a team from the Thunder into the Celtics, but better, which is crazy. So I had a, I had a, a question for you. If you swapped Embiid and Jokic around this year, do the Nuggets have a better record than they do now? No. Yeah, no way in hell. No. If you swapped Embiid, sorry, if you swapped Giannis and Jokic, do the Nuggets have a better record? No. I don't think so either. I, know, I, know, like I have I a think, take. I have a take here. This okay. is why I'm asking you. I think Giannis is the better player. Yeah, Giannis is better. I'd want Jokic. him. I'd, I'd want him in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I just think Giannis is a better player. But I think Jokic. I don't think Giannis would give them more wins if you swapped them around for the whole season. And you had, think had the he, exact team. like the rising tide lifting all ships. Yeah, sort of I think thing, Jokic's like, game just makes his teammates better and is better for getting wins in that regard but I think Giannis is a better player yeah for example like if you surround them both with the same kind of shit team like for example the whole Giannis's whole thing it's like one of those players where you're like surround Giannis with shooters you don't really need to surround Jokic with shooters because he gets people open in unbelievable spots for like layups and dunks so you can just surround him with like an NBA player who can dunk the ball and you're gonna you know who can cut it's not that fucking hard yeah whereas like yeah Giannis is kind of like you need a certain team around him that they have built and that works and that I again I prefer in the playoffs but yeah that's an interesting way it's to a weird it. it's a weird way to look at it but I, I think it's I think it's the right the right call which is kind of like a cool way of thinking about most valuable player because you're so valuable to your team and that you make your team better or I mean yeah not that Giannis doesn't but he the way he plays his teammate have to facilitate or to, or to play around him whereas Jokic just makes he can fit into anything it seems like do you know what I mean? yeah so I think I think Giannis is the best player in the world, but Jokic is the MVP. 
Yeah, and and also KD is. Do you know, like there are people always say, who would you want in a playoff? I'd actually want Giannis in the playoffs, but I mean, I'm not that like flip a coin. Fucking one day I'd prefer KD, one day I'd prefer Giannis, but they're the top two for me in the playoffs anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Let's talk rookie of the year now. I have another take here, mm-hmm. and I have been the cheerleader of the Evan Mobley bandwagon. Oh, we've been the fucking front of the train. Months and VIP months. tickets, like VIP tickets, early bird tickets. Bought a box, free beer. Got an Evan Mobley poster for you. Ryan got me a poster for Christmas. And a Cavs, a Cavs flag, everything. Yeah, we were yeah, we were Team Mobley, like we have been all year. And I don't think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. No, I'm really fucking sad about it, but I actually am very worried. I'm really worried. Well, I'm not as worried because I've, I've, I've done some bets in order to make myself less worried. But What bets have you done? Yeah, so here's the thing. Scotty Barnes is, well, was... 3.4 in between 3.4 and 3.8 uh, in the last sort of week uh, whenever I started betting on him higher than that he was higher but he was lower than that when I bet when I started betting on him uh, and I started to do some covers on him because he, he's just he's ridiculous like they're both class and this is my problem it's like the people when you're reading stuff it's really annoying when it's like oh he should win this because the other guy is shit or whatever but like they're both unreal and they're both very different but Barnes is just ridiculous and at the odds they are right now I had to cover so I've done some covers just on him to win rookie of the year and then I also chucked him in with Jokic and Ja and in a travel shout out Paddy Power letting you do travels this time of year it's a bit similar to the MVP race isn't it it's like all three players have played at MVP level seasons in that discussion all three of these guys I'm going to include Kay Cunningham have played at rookie of the year level hmm. they've, they've been rookie of the year level players this year now, obviously, for the award, you do have to make the distinction, and Mobley has been rightfully the favourite up until this month, but Scotty Barnes has pulled away for me, and I think he's really big value at 3.7. I think the odds should be reversed, not quite the full way. So Mobley at the minute, I'm looking at the odds here, is 1.3, Barnes is 3.7, this is on Bet365. I think Scotty Barnes should be closer to 1.6, Mobley probably around 2-1, to one. Cade Cunningham is 9-1, to one. I think he should be a bit shorter than that. Sixes, Call him sixes, yeah. I don't think he's going to win, but he's been playing really well recently and putting up stats. His problem is he's a chucker. He's one of the least efficient players in the league. But the debate on Twitter this week has been rookie of the year has never been about wins. It's mostly been about the counting stats, points, rebounds, assists, which is fair. It it usually has, but because rookies are never normally as impactful towards winning as Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley. No, yeah, that's the thing because, yeah, like it's just like counting stats. I, I understand that argument, but it's not that people are picking Mobley and Barnes because their teams are better, have better records. It's because they are a major reason why their teams have such good records. So the contribution that they are making is so impressive and like, you know, is so impactful that that is that is a reason why they should stand above Cade. Yeah, Cade has a worse team. It's not like it's not on him to bring the fucking that dumb Pistons team to the playoffs by himself, but it's it's definitely a reason why I think they should rightfully be the two favourites. Like you said, I think, yeah, to be honest, the odds should be closer to flipped somewhere in between that right now but again I wouldn't hold it over anyone who picked either which is sad because I, I do love Mobley and I thought he was going to win it I thought he had that locked but yeah yeah I think it's quite clearly a 1A 1B you know mm-hmm. not saying B is worse than A they're literally for me it's 50-50 like with it I first and deputy Barnes. first minister yeah <laughs> I do lean Barnes maybe Bar- well if A and B are A's we'd be better than B Barnes is A and Mobley's B for me Cade is rightfully the third favourite, but I want you to make make the case for Mobley to win it. Over Barnes? Yeah. I think, well, this is the thing, It's it was always defence, but Barnes' defence has, has got so much better, whereas at the start of the year, I remember watching some Raptors games when he was, you know, because he was really interesting, and he is fun to watch, and that Raptors team is just fucking mad to watch, but he was getting blown by a couple of times by some of the more savvy older players, and it doesn't seem like that's the case now. And he plays, he's guarding, like, best players on teams. Have you seen the matchup data for yeah. the, the, the players? Barnes guards. I don't have it in front of me, but I saw it yesterday. Players like Devin Booker, LeBron James, DeMar DeRozan. You know, it's usually the other team's best player. The rookie gets to guard them. Yeah. Whereas when you look at Evan Mobley's matchup data, it's not the same. He, he doesn't guard the other team's best player. He plays, like, that, you know, sweeper. Sweeper, sort of, yeah. Role, he usually which, guards one of their worst players. Which is weird because, like, that's not, well... 
it shouldn't be a, a slight on him because he does it so well and it's like you know that's what Giannis does and yeah, it's like it's not his job to guard the best player no yeah. it, it's not it's not his job and anytime he gets switched on to be like again I won't like defensively he can't knock him because he's got switched on to I remember the highlights of him getting switched on to Kemba Walker and Lillard. Like, and Lillard and they're trying to take him on and they can't and he's just this big fucking yeah. huge gangly boy and like they just can't get around him so like defensively he can do the job any job he needs to do like he's incredible but Barnes as a rookie Garden, the best player on the other team, and putting up the numbers that he's putting up is fucking ridiculous. It, it's it's really impressive. Like like we said, or what I'm trying to say is Mobley is a better defender. You know, Mobley is all NBA defensive team level, but defensive is, player of the year. Yeah, but Barnes is really good. Yeah, and Cade is not good. And the thing about not the kid's not good. Oh, and, sorry, and in defense. Yeah. Sorry, in defense. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I think so. Yeah, if I was to make the case, this again, if I was to make the case as well, I'd say. Record wise, I think that's gonna play into it a wee bit because the Raptors are finishing ahead of the Cavs now. But the case for Mobley would be he's his team's been so fucked by injuries. Like the Cavs, we fucking know all about it. They have been like the most injured team in the league this year. It's ridiculous, or up there with the most injured teams, and that has been the major reason why his team has dropped off. They had such a good system going. And they were such a good like team, like a system team. You know, kind of like a like a bargain bin Suns, where it was like yeah, they had a couple of star players, but it was like. It was the whole sort of package of him, Allen, you know, the big wings, um, not the Garden. Uh, Coro, you know, Garden, their uh, perimeter players. And that was amazing and it worked really well. And Garland on offense, but no, just the injuries they picked up, they dropped off and they're getting scary close to the edge of the play-in. And we'll get to that later on. Yeah. It's, so that's going to be an I think, important segment. Yeah. So I think that that's unfortunate for him in that his team falling off has been, you know, will, will count against them. But you know, that's the way it is. Yeah. And offensively, it's kind of shown with the injuries that Mobley is a bit more limited on offense than a lot of people maybe thought. I was seeing a lot of comparisons to KG and Tim Duncan. Defensively, yeah, 100%. But I do realize he's still a rookie. But, you know, on offense, he does look a bit clunky now that he's missing some good players around him. He can't really get his own offense yet. He's no. Not really. He's. I've seen Raptors and Pistons fans calling him a lob merchant, and he kind of is. Most of his points come off assisted baskets you know it's something like 60% of his points come assisted compared to Scotty Barnes it's something like 35% you know Barnes is an ISO one-on-one player mm. which offensively speaking is more important than the guy who's just going to catch lobs okay but I do think that well I mean it doesn't matter for this year's rookie of the year is but that Mobley will become that player do you know like he's shown he's shown glimpses of his ability to be players off the ball his jumper like his jumper when, he, when, I, when he's in rhythm and stuff like it's fucking really nice but he yeah, he, he does suffer a wee bit from, you know, when he's missing those playmakers around him and when he's being asked to be the second ball handler almost, his his numbers do drop off. But I think in the future, I think he's going to figure that out. And, you know, by the signs of it, he will. And he'll get closer to what people see, you know, the, the Duncan and KG stuff. But for this year, because Barnes is already offensively, like, looks like a four or like a three, four year vet in the league. Yeah, so that does. Yeah, just just quickly to touch on the advanced stats. Um, they have Scotty as the best. Scotty mm-hmm. Barnes is the best player. Raptor and War, the two 538.com stats, both have Barnes well ahead of Cade and Mobley. And Box Plus Minus, Barnes is not 0.9, Mobley's not 0.4. Cade's irrelevant because he plays for a shit team. Vorp has Barnes better than Mobley. You know, it's it's one of those ones where it's kind of like the Giannis versus Embiid situation with the stats. If you look at them both objectively, mm-hmm. you would, you know, if it was a player A versus player B, it would be very easy to pick who the better player was. Because Mobley's or because sorry, Barnes is ahead in all of them, and Giannis is ahead of him beating all of them. Do you know if you didn't? You know what I'm saying? If you didn't, know yeah, the, I wonder if we had more on Mobley or on Barnes now. Well, this is my tip. So I didn't tip it on Twitter, but I think I'll post a tweet after. Barnes is still three point seven. I I don't see why he shouldn't be odds on. It's 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 going to become apparent over the next week or so. The Cavs are going to keep losing games. But the Cavs, I'm stealing this stat from my notes for later. The Cavs have lost. Sorry, out of, yeah, out of their last twenty one games, the Cavs are seven and fourteen. Like they're struggling big time and they've got a tricky enough schedule to finish the league. God knows if Mobley's going to be back. They could easily go 1-4 and, and the Raptors the don't look like they're going to fucking start losing anytime soon. To steal more notes from later, the Raptors, I sneaky think, could go 6-0 and to finish the season and get 50 wins. There's there's a world in which the Raptors finish on 50 wins, call it 48, and the Cavs finish on 42, 43. Mm. Like that's a big, big difference. Like um, for two players who have similar usage rate roles, you know, both of them are kind of like the third option on their team if everyone was fit mm-hmm. 
it becomes a bit of a no-brainer for rookie of the year. So I do really recommend people bet on Scotty Barnes, 3.7. I think as well, not just apparent in terms of the team record over the next while, but it's going to become apparent once the voters start to announce who they voted for because the ballots, as far as I'm aware, are actually have been sent. And they're going to, you know, people will start, not everyone does announce it, but you'll start to hear in podcasts, you'll start to see in articles, you'll start to see, you know, who people are voting on. And I think once give it two good Raptors games and two podcasts where Zach Lowe and Kevin O'Connor picked Barnes as the rookie of the year he's not going to be fucking three point anything anymore do you know what I mean yeah so follow the Aftertime Twitter put us on notifications you might get a couple of free free nuggets we nugget a few nuggets here and there right so on the the knife in the belly that has been defensive player of the year and Rona didn't really want to talk about this do we have to talk about this we do have to talk about it yeah because it's do you know, I actually think it's one of the most interesting up there. Like the MVP race has been really interesting this year, but the Defensive Player of the Year award race has been interesting in the way that like a car wreck's interesting, where like you can't look away because, like, what the fuck is going on? What are the odds? Why the fuck is it Marcus Smart, Bam Adebayo, and Michael Bridges is the top three favorites? What like the bookies I, haven't got a fucking clue. Neither do I. Yeah, I mean that's the thing as well because right now again. I have no idea who's going to win it. I honestly, about three weeks ago, thought it was going to be Gobert. And with Giannis as maybe a wee bit of a value pick and Triple J as a value pick. And now they're the fourth, fifth and sixth favourites because the three other one, the three guards, well, two guards and Bam sort of came into it. And Marcus Smart is too provided. I get it, the Celtics are the best defence in the league. Yeah. And he is their like defensive talisman. But like Robert, he one of the two, him yeah. and Robert Williams. Like is Smart that much better on defence than Tatum and Williams? Or like no. is Smart that much better than Drew Holiday on defense? No, but but I do see the argument that their their team the Bucks defense, defense is better. has been quite average. But Time Lord Robert Williams, like shit that he got injured there, but he is such a massive part. They're 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 a, they're a team defensive team, and Smart is like one of the standout because he, you know it's the way he does it. Like you know he gets steals and his hustle plays, and he is smart. and He is a really good defender. He's smart, fuck's sake. Yeah, I just don't. I don't see why. I think there is. So for me, anyway, the reason why I did want to bring it up as well is because I'm holding off again, listening to the voters, and going to start paying attention and see who's picking who because I have a feeling that come the end of next week. Or you know, if I going into the following week, there could be a, a big bet, and whoever seems to be coming out, you don't really know at this point who people are going to pick, and no one's really, no one's really announced who they think is a standout because there hasn't been a standout. It was Draymond wants to win before he got injured, but because there's no standout, I'm holding off and I'm waiting to see who people say. And honestly, if the first 10, 11, 12 voters, you know, if fucking six of them have picked Triple J, like he is currently seventeenth, sixteen to one, like Jesus. Yeah, I can see there being. A big bet based on the this sort of keep tally of who's voting for who. Yeah, 100%. like I, the reason I didn't want to talk about it was because I've got a decent, a few decent bets on defensive player of the year, and my current picks I think are fifth, fourth, fifth, and sixth in terms of odds. Like I, I've bet on Draymond earlier in the year, Giannis and Rudy Gobert. Yeah, so well, I'm, it's actually I'm, fu- be I'm fucked no matter what. Gobert is now fourth favorite at five point five. Giannis the fifth favorite at thirteen and. I think Giannis could win it. You know, if the Bucks get the one seed, and right here, here's my argument for Giannis. I might actually stick this after. I'm just going through it in my head. <laughs> if the Bucks get the one seed, I think Jokic is still going to win MVP because you know, like we talked about it earlier. But Giannis has had such a good season that it's like coming second in the MVP isn't going to be enough, and the voters are going to go, "Well, no one else has really deserved Defensive Player of the Year. Giannis is really good on defense. He's missed Brook Lopez all year. He's still a top ten defense. I, I, I think. I think he arguably, you know. It is like I personally think I I rate forwards and big men's defense more than a perimeter players. I just think it's more impactful and it means more to a team. Hundred percent. And so, like personally, I think Draymond is the smartest defender in the league. Gobert is the most like impactful defender in the league, just because he literally changes teams' entire game plans. And I think Giannis is the best defender in the league. So it's a kind of weird. No, I agree. I agree. Thing. Like I'm looking at my stats from the MVP chat earlier. And- the Bucks' defensive rating with Giannis off the court is eighth. It would be the eighth best in the league. With Giannis on the court, it's the fourth. So he, he, he changes the defense from the eighth best defense to the fourth, which is pretty good. Now, that won't stack up against Gobert. Like, Gobert no. will go, no, Gobert's from, is Gobert's like will go from the second worst to, like, the third the, best. Yeah, when he's playing, yeah, yeah, like the third best. But, you know, Giannis has, like, Giannis has as much as an argument as fucking Triple J and Sorry, Kyle has, Bridges. And he has more of an argument than fucking Bam. 
And yeah, there's more yeah. of an argument than Mikhail Bridges because they're in the, and like Bridges is a great defender again, but on a great like scheme defensive yeah, team. Yeah, he's the maybe he's their best defender. Yeah. but like that that doesn't mean he deserves defensive player of the year. That no. would be a congratulations on a good season award. Yeah, and same, some... the same reason ba- Bam went favorite was because the Heat were number one seed in the East. That was a complete congratulations on a good season award. But now the Bucks are going to come first in the East. What argument does Bam have with Rihanna? I think if you're betting Bam at 3.75, you need to get your fucking head, fucking head checked. Yeah. Yeah. No. Same, same with Smart. Like Someone someone else could be favourite next week when, like you said, if someone on ESPN releases an article about Giannis being defensive player. Or, or in the next, in the run-in here, Giannis has like three or four big blocks. Do you know, he had like that block on uh, Embiid in that game against the Sixers the other night? And it's like three or four more of them popping up in people's Twitters and uh, Twitter feeds and, you know, Reddit feeds and all of a sudden... Why, why isn't Giannis getting consideration for Defensive Player of the Year and then all of a sudden he's fucking threes again so I think there is value and that's again I think it's worth bringing up because it, it could end up being a really big value bet I'm just kind of annoyed that I have so much money tied up in it already because of Draymond yeah well we went from not wanting to talk talk about this to now I actually want to get the podcast wrapped up so I can go bet more on Giannis <laughs> yeah we'll do it after the odds aren't going to go anywhere so right following on from the awards then we're going to get into Atlantic Division yeah, I want to chat about the Atlantic Division pretty quick because I think it was the second podcast we did, which by now was probably about five weeks ago. Yeah, because we just... Six weeks ago. Yeah, we do this No such thing as a weekly podcast. Yeah, so I think at, at the time I tipped the Celtics and the Raptors to win the Atlantic because the Sixers were quite far ahead. If I remember rightly, the Celtics were maybe 10-1 to 1 when I tipped it. Something about that. The Raptors and Celtics were both the same odds. I'd got on the day before and they'd come in overnight, but I think it was about 10-1. to 1. So now looking at the state of things, the Celtics are 2-1 to 1 on to win the division and they currently sit at the top of the division with 47 wins 30 losses Sixers are one game behind in the win column 46 Yeah, the Celtics have the tiebreaker so if this, they were to finish in the same record the Celtics would win and the Raptors are three wins behind yeah the Raptors are on 44 wins so I talked about this earlier that I have a sneaky bet for this Paddy Power have the Raptors at 55-1 to one to win that division which I think is decent value I think it should be closer to 10-1 to one, maybe 12 because if you look at the fixture list for the next week and a half, the Raptors have six games left, and I think they'll be strong favourites in four of them. So I'll I'll name you them here. They're at the Magic tonight. Yeah, favourites. Home to the Heat. They will be favourites. They'll be favourites. It won't be, be won't be an easy game, but they'll be favourites. 1.6? Yeah, 1.7 maybe. Then home to the Hawks. No, yeah. Favorites. Decent favourites. Then home to the Sixers. Now, there's been talk this week about COVID vaccinations and getting into Toronto. There's been a bit of debate about some of the Celtics and Sixers players, whether or not they're actually vaccinated. And there's been a whole thing about, you know, because you're crossing the border, if you get COVID or something, you can end up being stuck in Canada for a couple of weeks. So the, the good teams might think it's not worth sending some of their players to Canada because the playoffs are coming up and they might get stuck. I know that, yeah, the, the sort of rumour is that Jalen Brown might not be. Yeah, for the Celtics and yeah. Al Horford. I don't know who the players in the Sixers were, but I'm not sure. But so... The Raptors have the Sixers is their fourth game, then home to the Rockets and at the Knicks, who will both be tanking. Mm-hmm. So that's three games out of six against tankers and three games out of six against Eastern playoff teams, but they're all at home. So there's there is a world in where the Raptors go six and zero. Oh. Yeah, and finish on fifty wins. They've won their last four games in a row. They would finish on ten game win streak to finish yeah. the season. Off, so they would finish on fifty wins, right? So then let's look at the Celtics. They're home to the Pacers and the Wizards this weekend, so easy wins. That gets them to 49. Yeah, right? it's tight. Now, the Celtics' last three games, at the Bulls, then at the Bucks the next night on a back-to-back, and then at the Grizzlies. Okay, so I can see them losing to the Bulls and Bucks on a back-to-back mm-hmm. two nights. So their last game of the season would be at the Grizzlies, who will be resting. The flight of Memphis. You have to go to Memphis, but chances are the Grizzlies will be resting, resting because yeah. they already have the second seed wrapped yeah. up. So that's call that three wins for the Celtics. That gets them to 50. So that's the Raptors and Celtics both on 50. Well, so you have the Bulls beating them? Well, it'll be a pick em. I think it'll be pretty close. You know, maybe Celtics will be favourites, but it's the Bulls have every yeah, chance. Yeah, they have every chance. Okay, you know, yeah, we're talking hypothetical. Yeah, okay. but I'm just saying, you know, it's very possible that the Celtics finish on 50. So let's look at the Sixers finally. Sixers on 46 wins at the minute. They're home to the Hornets and at the Cavs this weekend on a back-to-back. They'll win both them. Yeah, I have them as favourites for them. Then they're at the Pacers. So the favourites for that. that, they'll win that. So that gets them on 49. Then they're at the Raptors. We think the Raptors would be favourites for that. Mm-hmm. So still on 49 with two games remaining. Home to the Pacers and home to the Pistons on the back. Oh, no, fuck. Right? So that gets what? the Sixers to 51, right? So the Sixers just lost last night to the Pistons. The Sixers are so overrated. I think they could drop a game at the Cavs or even home to the Hornets. So if the Sixers drop two games of their last six, 
potentially the, all three teams finish on 50 wins out of everyone like I think there's more chance of like uh, there's more chance of the Sixers losing to one of those yeah like teams that they fucking shouldn't lose to than like you know than the Celtics beating the Bulls yeah like I mean? they just did last night they lost yeah. the way to the, the and Pistons who are trying yeah, to lose Doc Rivers calling out Harden you yeah. know and like you know they and they're both I can see uh, them just kind of oh let's rest the boys a bit get them ready for the playoffs like Harden already looks fucked again yeah so. and teams are already talking about tanking out of the first and second seeds mm-hmm. to avoid the, the Nets, Nets in the in the playoffs so if all three teams finish on 50 wins the Raptors have the tiebreaker over the other two okay and they're currently 55 to 1 God, to win the division right, okay, right? Okay. Now, is this Paddy Park yeah Paddy like, Park in hell. other places they're sort of 35 to 1 yeah take it if you fancy a bet they're as short as 12 to 1 at I think 10 betting I was like how are 10 bets so short <laughs> Uh, that's one of the only places I can get on to no, like, but this is so like Embed have some ridiculous odds of uh, like this, they have the Suns as far as I'm aware like maybe under evens to win yeah. the West yeah, well, just, they I mean, must, their book must be balanced yeah this is the Embed have Embed have a very uh, what's the word I responsive use? book no I wouldn't say responsive I'd say their vig is very wide oh either yeah they're their tight, margin tighter yeah. than a duck's arse yeah, but, yeah so I, I think the Raptors are value there the Celtics aren't value at 1.5 um, there obviously if you had a bet if you followed us what for four weeks ago five weeks ago when I tipped the Celtics and you fancy covering on the Sixers by all means do that I've done it a wee bit but wait till Monday because this weekend the Sixers play the Hornets and the Cavs on a back to back the Celtics play the Pacers and the Wizards both at home so the Celtics are going to go 2-0 but mm-hmm. there's every chance the Sixers drop one game and even if the Sixers win both games you'll still have the same odds that you have today mm-hmm. so Hold off. Yeah, the Sixers right now are 2.5, but I think you could be getting over 2-1 to one for them on Monday. What's your current sort of layout in terms of first, second, third, like for profit in terms of? Um, we'll be going on a golf holiday if the Raptors win it. Okay. We'll be okay, going on a normal holiday if the Celtics win it. And if the Sixers win it, I'll get a new set of golf clubs. <laughs> So I'm yeah, I'm green I'm green either way, but I'm gonna green up more on the Sixers on Monday because I, th- I do think the Celtics will go two and zero over the weekend. The Sixers might drop a game, so yeah, that's that's the plan for the weekend. Okay, right. Well, so we get the Raptors win. I'll get take on this holiday then. Yeah. So yeah, if you followed a couple of weeks ago, wait till Monday and then back the Sixers, green up either way. Sweet. Following on from that, then the Eastern playing our beloved Cavs. The dream has turned into a nightmare. Yeah, it's the boys playing the violins on the Titanic as they go down. Yeah, it's. It's very sad. Like I mentioned earlier, Ryan and I were talking about the turn of the year. The Cavs to make the playoffs were 1.1, 10 to 1 on. After we got on 17s. After being on at 17s. They're now like 1. Point, that's gone out to like 1.5 now. Yeah. Again, just to reiterate the point of hedging your bets because especially in an 82-game NBA season, injuries are just, they're just a fact of life and they happen. Again, it's not that every day or every year that they'll... The, the the dice will just keep rolling the six on your team and just keep fucking striking everyone down like multiple players in games to the point where I don't even know every, who's coming off the bench for every them fucking week with someone yeah. else and it's always starters yeah and it's always key players just fucked like it's, fucked it's so hard by the injury gods a disaster complete disaster, a disaster. I, like I've been tipping on this podcast the Cavs to win their division and must look like a complete spastic now because not only are they not going to win their division they're probably not going to make the fucking playoffs. I think the Cavs to miss the playoffs. God, that makes point, me so sad. Yeah, I think the Cavs to miss the playoffs at two point eight is probably value, because yeah, if God. you look if you look at the schedules again with the injuries, they're they're going to end up in the play in no matter what. There's no way they're finishing in the top six, so they're in the play in. Yeah. So the question becomes, do they end up in the top half of the play in or the bottom half? And the way the play in works is, if you're in the top half, the winner gets to the playoffs. The loser plays the winner of the bottom half to see who the second team that makes the playoffs are so you get two goals at winning mm-hmm. so it, it looks like the Nets are going to be in the top half they're on 40 wins but their last five games are all pretty easy they'll be strong favourites the Cavs are on 42 wins so they're two wins ahead but I have them as favourites in two of their last five so that would get them to 44 there's a world in which well, who do you think is better uh, Charlotte or Atlanta Charlotte okay so call it Charlotte there's a world in which it's like Cavs, Hawks, seven eight, right? And then no, 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 nine ten. I don't think the Cavs. I don't think the Hawks and Cavs are going to go seven. No, but I mean, in terms of like, do you know, because they're they're all so tight, right? So the Nets, Charlotte, and Atlanta are all forty and thirty-seven, 40, yeah. same same record. Yeah, and Cleveland have two more wins. So there is a world in which Cleveland stay in the seven spot, and one of Charlotte or Atlanta making into eight ahead of the Nets. 
I don't think so because the Nets schedule I have them as decent favourites in every game I think they could get to 45 there's a big game on Saturday actually the Nets play the Hawks in Atlanta hmm. so if Atlanta win that yeah true it could that could change things that just, I'm, I'm clutching at straws to try and get a reason why I think the Cavs can make it you know, oh, I don't into know. the playoff no and the Cavs have lost this season to the Hawks and Hornets hmm. both quite handy and and as a now this year turned into Cavs fan I almost don't want like apart from the money if I, if I didn't have any money on it I almost wouldn't want them in the playoffs this year because of the injuries. It's like, lads, you, you're just going to go in, get duffed, probably 4-0, in the first round. And, I mean, yeah, it's something to go on next year and be like, oh, we made it to the playoffs, but regroup, you know, get everyone healthy, come back again next year. Well, there, there is a chance they have most of their good players back. Woods reported that Mobley was only going to miss three games. Mm-hmm. So he should be back on Sunday against Philly, if that's correct. Jared Allen, the broken finger, they were pretty hopeful they would get him back for the playoffs so there is a chance they have Garland, Okoro, Markinen, Mobley and Allen all back for the playoffs and then their bench would be Kevin Love, Stevens. Lamar Stevens, Chetty Osmond's kind of been out of the lineup recently, Ryan Wade's done for the season, oh yeah. and uh, Karis Levert, you know so there's they're like eight I completely forgot Levert went because yeah. he's got fucking injured. He hasn't been great and he got injured too but he hasn't been, he hasn't hit the ground running but no one has because they've been missing too many good players mm. so yeah I think the only reason I'm saying the Cavs to miss the playoffs at two point eight value is because I'm on the Cavs to make the playoffs at seventeen to one. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's a hedge. I have to hedge. Just there's no point in staying in because I really do think there's a decent chance they end up in the bottom half of the the play-in. Which means they have to. Which means they need to win two games to get to in. get into the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, one of which being against the Nets. Yeah. Well, looking again at the schedule, maybe maybe not. I, I, no, the their their odds on actually. No, I take that back. Yeah, I'm looking at the, the schedules here. They're odds-on to finish in the top half of the play-in, mm-hmm. which means they'll get beat by the Nets in the first game, and then they will pl- winner-takes-all against the winner of Hawks and Hornets. Yeah. In Cleveland, at least. So, yeah, they'll be favourites for that if they have all their players. But fuck the way that the last month has gone with the Cavs. I don't see how you could have any sort of hope. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a shit show, and it's I'm just crossing my fingers, and I'm hoping for the best. Okay, so before we wrap up, just last week's topic I want to jump on is... Talking a wee bit about the West, the West this year has been a, it's been weird. It's just been very injury ridden. You know, it's kind of like Suns are just the best team in the in the league, and they're just doing their thing, and everyone else is sort of scrapping. But there's a couple of interesting we, you know, late runs and some a couple of ones I want to touch on. So first of all, I wanted to ask you: Do you think the Suns are value at two point five to win the Western Conference? Oh, I couldn't sleep the other night, and I was watching Suns Warriors, and it was really close. And obviously, Steph Curry wasn't playing. And the Warriors were well in the game. Basically, Booker wasn't playing either because he was so bad. Yeah, yeah, true. But I was watching the game and Jordan Poole went off. Actually, he's been he's been really good recently. And Clay Thompson was so bad. But and I I thought about the first two months of the season when the Warriors were flying and they went to Phoenix and beat them and they beat them at home and they went to Brooklyn and beat the Nets and that Warriors team. I I still think it's there. We do, who do yeah, you? yeah, I do. Oh, I don't at all. I don't, I don't know if the Suns are valued two point five. Did you say? Mm-hmm. No, I think that's probably about right. I just think the Warriors, if they get all their men back, they have that experience of, you know, they were second favourites in the series against the Rockets that year. Remember KD got injured? Mm-hmm. Do you know, they're used to being, they're used to being strong favourites, but, you know, they're also used to being underdogs. And, yeah, I think there's a bit of, you know, there's a bit of a chip on their shoulder about that. And they've been disrespected quite a bit this year in the media. You know, Steph Curry's shooting slump. Are the Warriors done? I don't know. Then now, obviously, the positive talk about the Suns, like they've had a class season. Yeah, they're unreal. Like, they're, they're really so good. good. No, they are really good. But I just watching that game, I think I I could see, I could see the Warriors giving them trouble. There's also another team lurking that I think that you want to talk about. We will touch on very briefly. Yeah, but no, I was just curious after when I was looking at the odds there. I think like I, I wouldn't bet them at two point five. Don't get me wrong. I was just uh, curious about that. But I do think I'm probably going to end up having them in every first round accumulator and I'll probably be betting on them in series handicaps too I think like they're just built to just be win the first two rounds of the playoffs would, would you have them in a first round series accumulator if they get the Clippers in the 8th seed this is going to bring up what I wanted to talk about so the Clippers are very interesting now so I've got two I've got this sort of tier that I've created in my head which is the Mavs and the Clippers which the Mavs was my dark horse pick a couple of weeks ago and they have looked from January unbelievable and it's just it hasn't stopped. Luca is just playing at an MVP level and their team defence is great. And you know, they 
they just look so good they look like the figure something out that Dinwiddie piece brilliant we've talked about it before I, I'm starting to see the Clippers again which is funny because they're the team the two teams that have met each other in the last two years as well but the Clippers have just been trudging along fucking held together by Ty Lue the puppet master just keeping these absolute nobodies together and getting them into the playoffs which is great and fucking and reason why he should maybe be up there for coach of the year he is one of the best coaches in the league not only that but they have Paul George's comeback dropped 34 in his first game back looked like didn't miss a step big comeback yeah really big comeback and then I think he had 22 the night after or the, the next game they lost Kawhi the rumours are Kawhi is is and very likely could be back for the playoffs well, so, the talk is he's playing 5 on 5 yeah so do you think there is value now they've come in a bit because this news isn't exactly breaking do you know it's in the last kind it's of been week. out for nearly a week yeah yeah, but about a week or so but I had a bit on whenever I heard that they were both come like that they both could come back. So I got a bit on the clips to win the West at like thirty fours, I think it was around that. Uh, I got and up there was like in between you, the highest I seen at the time for them to win the championship was seventies on Betway or maybe even higher. But I didn't get I didn't manage to get that. It was somewhere around the sixties. So to win the whole thing, now it's coming now. I think the Clippers could be a sneaky come in at the last minute and just start wiping teams out in the playoffs again because they're just big. They're like the Raptors with two fucking stars elite offensive players yeah yeah. so the Raptors with with, with what the Raptors had when they won the year Kawhi yeah. you know? and the best coach probably in the West yeah so I think their value I think the Mavs again are a wee bit of value as well because I think the Mavs are going to make a playoff run so well the Mavs are th- the third seed now yeah they're, like your dark horse pick for the Mavs and my dark horse pick of the Celtics both look amazing not to toot our own horns but they both look really good now you know one team has gone to the third seed and one team's gone to the, the one seed yeah so they 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 did timed it perfectly in terms of seeing the the leaps they were making and yeah so God, I think so good so I <laughs> so I, yeah I just think that I think they're one to watch so in terms of the West being something that's like not as interesting for people because the Suns are so far ahead don't get me wrong I do still think they're my pick that they're gonna win uh, the West but if fucking Kawhi comes back like there is every reason why like you know the Nuggets are sort of not flounder but they're going to flounder a bit in the playoffs I think Jamal Murray's maybe going to come back it's too much for the Nuggets yeah it's too much for them the Jazz don't have any faith in the Jazz whatsoever the Grizzlies young team no experience yeah it's the same old same old but I I think there is yeah every chance that one of the Mavs or Clippers make it to the Western Conference Finals which means betting on them at the odds they are now you know high 20s early 30s to win the West you know it's going to be a lot shorter come Come the final or come the Western Conference. Finals. When that news report comes out that Kawhi Leonard is back, it's yeah. gonna shorten even more. I what odds did you get them to win the whole thing? Uh, it was like sixties around fifty five. Oh, I got eighty to one. Eighty fuck off. Yeah, yeah. this is bad. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm, I'm on the Clippers at eighty to one. I think it's a really good bet. It's not eighty to one anymore, but yeah, I still would back it now. I think looking at the we need a daily podcast so you can update yeah. people. I, do you know what? That's what I should use the Twitter for. I should I should post more tips on Twitter. Yeah, but get your finger out. Looking at the standings. The Clippers currently are eighth in the West. They're not going to catch the Wolves here in seventh, so they're going to. It looks like they're going to be in the top tier. They will be in the top tier playing mm. game. If they win that, they play the second seed. So it could be Clippers Grizzlies first round. If they lose to the Timberwolves, it'll be Clippers Suns. Yeah, so they need like obviously then that doesn't make sense if I say I think they get the Suns in the finals unless they win it and come uh, and play the Grizzlies. In which well, case, well, no the the. The Clippers would play the Suns in the Western Finals if they get. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, yeah. Like you know, there is a there's a world in which they can't because they meet each other in the first round. Yeah, but, if they if they lose the play in. Yeah, yeah, but if they. But I think the, I mean I'd have them odds on for the play in if Kawhi's back. Against, against the Wolves. Against oh the yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Just no, it will be in Minnesota, but uh, still, it's, yeah, it's not like it's a fucking fortress, you know. Yeah, and if they lose that, I don't have, think they have any trouble beating either the Pelicans or the Spurs. No. In the second game. No, 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 no. I think to, I think to become the eighth seed. Like I think even without Kawhi, they'll they'll do that. Yeah, do you know. Yeah. Just so, George back. I mean. Talking about it in terms of the Clippers winning that game against the Wolves, Clippers Grizzlies first round, I would not be back in Memphis there. I'd be very interested to see the odds if Kawhi's back and if he's not. If he's not, I wouldn't pick them. If he is, I would. That honestly, yeah, that's no. I hadn't really thought too much about it because about the, the Grizzlies is an opponent, but yeah, if Kawhi's back, I'd probably well depend on the odds. I'd, yeah. I'd pick them to win. Well, them. just looking at the the standings here, so that would be if that does happen, and it's Grizzlies Clippers first round. Then the winner of that, the two seed, plays the winner of three versus six. So it's the, the Mavs and Nuggets as it stands. 
chances are I'd make the Mavs favourites. So second round, Mavs, Clippers. Again, round third three, year in a row. Round three. Fuck. Does Luca finally beat the Clippers? God, that would be great. Here, the West is actually shaping up to be really the interesting could be year. class, yeah. yeah. I think, fuck, it's annoying that they'll, they'll meet each other. Well, they have to meet each other, but... I honestly, just with the Warriors injuries, I mean, I know Jazz probably okay, but he's been out for a couple of games, and not that that fucking matters because it makes the Grizzlies better. They're like eighteen but, two without him. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think it's gonna get really really interesting. And the the one sort of thing that I had thought about was, what do you value someone being out for the year as they're rested, or do you look at it as they're rusty? So it's it's something I've always thought about. Now I would tend towards. I used to tend towards Rusty, but the more I've watched the NBA, the actual reality seems to have been... I mean, there's people like Clay who who doesn't look great. You know, he was out for two years, which is a long time. But for example, Kyrie came back and... He looks better than ever. He looks fucking unbelievable. You know, he's like 22 points a game. He's he's, uh, he's like 50-40-90 sort of splits. You know, like he's he just looks ridiculous as well. So yeah. he I doesn't look like he's missed a trick, but he wasn't injured. Yeah, but then there's the Rust question yeah, the, rust, well yeah. the, my point here is I think it depends on the injury mm-hmm. like Clay Thompson was coming off an ACL and a torn Achilles which are two injuries with, that put you on your hole for a year each mm. so you know he couldn't walk he couldn't run for Notorious months and months basketball and months. career ending injuries. yeah like the, they're, they're obviously the worst ones but then you look at things like the Chris Paul injury remember he got injured recently he only came back it was something to do with his hand wasn't oh it? he, he uh, broke a finger yeah it was like yeah. a non if it's a non-shooting hand you know you can stay fit you don't have you can still run you can still True. train you know it depends on the injury what yeah. was paul george's was his hand or paul george's was his elbow was elbow was yeah. yeah but i mean he came back and i think it was his non-shooting elbow but he came back and that first game the comeback against the jazz like he looked he looked better than ever comeback, yeah. he looked he looked better than ever and they're just the jazz's bogey team like yeah they but well, yeah everyone, so, everyone's a jazz's bogey team in the playoffs <laughs> the, jazz, the jazz are bogey like they're just shite like <laughs> they are the uh yeah and Kawhi, i mean he's it's not new for him like he he has missed time with like knee injury before and managed to take that raptors team to the to, to win the finals yeah, he, on he, a bundy, remember like, the, the videos of him like hobbling he could barely walk he was pretending the whole time and then as soon as they won it he like got dragged out of the fucking arena like yeah, yeah exactly. same thing with lebron that, that year he's mr that. load management like you say he's used He's used to that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be a problem. I heard a couple of people talking on podcasts as well. It's like he is the king of load management. If if he literally doesn't play a single regular season game and comes back for the playoffs, oh and, yeah, and yeah. they win the championship or get to the finals, like it's just ridiculous. But yeah, something to watch out for. Uh, definitely think the Clippers could be value in the first couple of matches. If well, if the odds come, the odds aren't going to be out before you'll know if Kawhi's back or not, which is the problem because the odds will adjust, obviously. But so that's why the only bet you can really do now is them doing the West. So yeah, I'm I'm happy to be on it. Yeah, just back in for the West now and keep an eye out for the news. Mm-hmm. Right, let's talk Masters. Yes. The best week of the sporting year. How excited is are you to just sit in your hole for four days? Oh my God. Thursday morning, down the bookies, get your ACA on, three ball betting. Class. The, won it, one out of like 10, in 10 years, we've won one of the first round ACAs, but it was I, I think it's my most fun type of bet. I like I like it more than anything, and I bet on fucking everything. It, you know, sumo wrestling. I have bet on sumo wrestling. <laughs> I've bet on chess. I've bet on fuck. What weird shit have we bet on? Well, you could. I remember seeing a website where you could bet on uh, like cockfighting. Do you know? Hens oh yeah, fighting to that Russian one. But I couldn't. We didn't have. A, you couldn't get accounts, but you could watch it. Like we watched cockfighting. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was a bit wild. But that what other, is it? Modern pentathlon is that the one where you shoot? Oh no, that's the Modern one with sport. the horse. That's the one with the horsing. The horse. The horse and the shooting. Oh, it's yeah. non the horse. It's non the horse. Fucking horse. Fucking horse, Linda. It's it's non Winter Olympics. We 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 bet on the Winter Olympic one. It's skiing and shooting. What's that called? Pentathlon or something? Bi- biathlon. Biathlon. Yeah, it's modern biathlon. biathlon. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Shout out Martin Forkad, the best modern biathloner ever. Oh, the goat. Yeah. yeah, it should be up there with the when people talk about greatest athletes of all time. <laughs> Fuck, there has to be more weird shit we've bet on. I'm trying to think. We should do a segment on it. Yeah. Although I've just give away all the. No, no, no. Yeah, but there's stories behind them all. Yeah, the sumo wrestling one was good. It was great. Yeah, I, I think we lost that actually. Uh, oh, well, no, it's actually quite popular, but that trotting thing, do you know, the virtual trotting. Oh, is that the one where you're in like chariots? It's a horse and, horse and cart. Horse yeah. and cart. Yeah, yeah, that's funny too. I'd actually like to try that. But anyway, the golf. Yes. Yeah, three ball betting is, yeah, I, I, I don't know about you, but it's my favourite. You basically look at the list of who I was playing with who. Yeah, I think it's three balls in the Masters. Yeah. It's three balls and just doing a cumulator of like six players to win. And then, because the Masters has the best... Golf's kind of annoying, because if you live here, usually if the competition's in America, you can't watch it till like 9 o'clock at night. But the Masters starts at about 
11 in the afternoon in the morning here 12 in the afternoon and their website has the what we'd call like an arbor you know mm-hmm. like you can watch the players plan their and also you can course. actually just watch the and you can players. watch certain holes so it's usually it's like usually the weird juxtaposition of we're at a bad time but we get a better viewing experience than the Yanks because Sky's better than like NBC or CBC or whoever chose theirs but the Masters is different yeah because it's you know it's East Coast and it's a bit earlier and the, the website itself they 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 make a big deal about making it like the best viewing experience and it's arguably like the best viewing experience in sports like it's so good yeah I still don't think I've ever seen any of the first six holes but because, <laughs> the, because the Masters coverage is like Amen Corner which is like 11, 12, 13 and or 10, 11, 12 11, 12, 13 and then you get to watch 15 and 16 mm-hmm. and that's it and then featured groups and then featured groups so they're the only holes you can watch then there's featured groups but yeah if if you're like me take the day off work well it's not the day off for me because I'm betting on it but get the feed up 11am yeah, start hard. watching it and yeah I'll, I'll probably put my sec- my three ball Akka's up on the yeah, Twitter yeah I'd say we'll, we'll, we'll do our well I'm gonna I have some some bets now and then um, I'll be betting more I'm kind of gonna ramp my betting up at, over the next week as because even today like we're fucking week out, and on like the major websites, you can literally just get winner on each way. Like you still yeah. like they it'll during next week they'll release all the fucking mad stuff and all the good know, stuff. Yeah, the top tens, the top twenties, the like Your, nationalities, uh, nationalities and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So who are you backing? Yeah, so okay, I've got a I've got a whole thing to go through. So I have a couple obviously informed guys that I like, but I have a group of players that I would have liked to bet on if I was smart enough to be thinking ahead because we we do follow the golf, so I've been watching it and. The likes of Cam Smith, the likes of, likes of Scotty Scheffler, the likes of Victor Hovland, who I wish I was, you know, forward thinking enough to bet on them a couple of, like a month ago, two months ago, while when they're you know playing well. So these are like my ship is sealed sort of picks. So yeah, Cam Smith is currently seventeen point five. He's came fifth, second, and tenth in five trips to Augusta, including one of them was the November one where he came second to DJ, um, and he shot the course record course record 62 or yeah uh, like Scotty Shaffer's 20s he was 40s before he won the match play there so his odds of half which is kind of grim but you know so again I'm not I'm not actually betting on him yet but he's on a run of 6 top 20s straight in the majors so I mean he's, he's fucking number one player in the world for a reason he's unbelievable uh, and he golfs so, the shit out of his ball too. yeah so he he's yeah 6 straight major top 20s and he's really only coming into form like do you know what I mean like his form has been the last couple of months so what the fuck does that show you? Like, you know he's 25. Yeah, he looks like your dad's dad. Yeah, he's... don't want to steal no laying ups content, like calling him a granddad, but like he looks, he looks older than my dad. Yeah. <laughs> my dad's 64. He does, but he, yeah, it's weird how young he is. And then, so yeah, and then Hovland was the other one. Uh, his odds are a bit low and his, I, I was thinking Hovland and then the, he's one of those ones I thought myself out of it because his short game has been so bad. See, you're going to steal all my content here, but I, <laughs> I've backed, Scheffler and Hovland <laughs> Hovland like Hovland think about Augusta his, his chipping is fucking god awful at the minute and it's, it's worse than average yeah. like a, like an average player yeah. but all the rest of his game obviously yeah, is like yeah, I mean, which is great like if his, if he's on form enough with the long iron and stuff um, like you, you won't need it but you need but you do need it because Augusta is so hard and it's weird that I know this through playing PJ Tour 2K21 <laughs> but like See when you go from playing most courses and then playing like the Augusta course on that, like the greens are fucking wild, like proper proper right. wild. The balls just run and, off. Yeah, you will you will have to chip well to win the Masters. And mm-hmm. Victor Hovland is really unless you're like well, actually he probably did at the time, but like Matsuyama in the last year, he was just dro- hitting every iron shot to like three feet. It yeah, was the maddest, true. the best display of fucking iron strike I've ever seen. It was you know apart yeah. from Tiger, it was it was ridiculous. But yeah, so I do think Hovland at 24s is a bit low for me. 24s? I, I backed him at like 19s. Oh God, oh fuck, yeah. so he's drifted a bit. So I think, yeah, so for now, I'm actually going to hold off. So there's a, my favourite, one of my favourite golf tipsters, Ben Coley. Uh, I, I try, like he's ridiculous, he's good, he has a great record. And I kind of do generally follow his, his straight picks. So I'm going to see who he's, he's picked. And a great thing, if you are interested in it, I, I think it's like Sport and Life or something. He, he Yeah, he posts for Sport and Life. Yeah, he does... Uh, Every year for the Masters, he does a preview, but it's he literally just goes through every single player and he does like a short sort of paragraph or two on that player. And then he has his picks that come out after, but it's, it's really good reading because like, it gives you a great if you're you know, if you follow golf a wee bit, but there's a lot of players you don't know a lot about, it's a good sort of way to get into it. But yeah, so apart from that, like I said, there's there's a couple of websites that probably have them out yet, but top tens and twenties, what I've been looking, I've been liking the look of. Uh, DB straight vibing and Daniel Berger so he's 50s to win out right so you kind of have to make it because the odds aren't there you kind of think in your head what does that mean you'd be like top 10 top 20 you know probably like 10 to 1 um, 10 15 to 1 so 
I was eyeing up Abe Answer at 90s, but he just pulled out of the Valero and didn't give a reason for it. And that's his home, one of his home tournaments. Yeah, scary. So, not too sure about that. Or, you know, he's, I think he lives near there. I don't know. I'm, not sure. I'm, I'm almost certainly does. Uh, yeah, so that kind of, that's a red flag. Paul Casey, 95, we top 20. You know, he, he's not the greatest record at the at Augusta, but he has made some top 20s, you know, and he, I think he's been playing pretty well. He got fucked over by that ball landing in the divot uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, when he was making a run for pulled out of the match play with injury, yeah, is that not concerning? God, true. Did you look? Did you look into this enough? I did. I, did, I actually forgot about the injury. Get on to the next one, skip. Yeah, skip yeah, yeah. Uh, Seamus Parr, hundred and seventy. Yes. Lord, fucking, he's class. And I, I love those wee, these wee outsider picks for like he'd be a debutant, and you know, like I love these guys for like the top 20, 30s. You know, probably top thirty. Uh, would be would be nice with him because he's one hundred seventy one. And the last one, big shot, Bob Bob McIntyre. He's 260s to win it, right? He made his debut last year. He made the most birdies out of everyone in, in uh, yeah, last year, and he came 12th in his debut. Mm. So, what the fuck does that tell you? He's 260s. Now, his form hasn't been amazing since then, but I mean, you know, you're taking a horses punt. for courses. No, you're you taking know, a punt, and 12th he's 12th in his first, his first big, go round. Big shot, Bob. Like. Big shot, Bobby. Yeah, yeah, why not? Well, yeah, like I said earlier, my only two picks so far, I think I backed Hovland at like 19, so he's obviously drifted, so I'm gonna have to reback. And Scotty Scheffler, just I, I'm with my golf betting. I just follow the form. <laughs> you do you just follow. Yeah, follow Who's won the, the most recent tournament? Yeah, basically. Um, it's done. I've done okay over the years. I'm definitely up on the golf, but it's not something I, I bet for. I bet more for enjoyment rather than actually trying to make money. Yeah. So keep the stakes low and just have a bit of crack. But yeah, the standard sort of masters uh, template is people who draw the ball, great iron players, and uh, you know it's who pots well on the on the week. So. Um, I mean that kind of does cover everything, but you know there are certain players who generally like they could be some of the best players in the world, but you just don't like them at this course. But yeah, so ball strikers and people who are who's putting really on form, so something to watch out for. Keep an eye on the you know the practice rounds and stuff and the news on Twitter, and you know see if anything jumps out. Yeah, so that'll do us for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be back next Friday, I think, with another episode. Hopefully, yeah, the Masters will be on. So if it's go if our bets are going quite well, you might not get another episode. Yeah, you might we'll, have to wait we'll two try weeks our best. We'll, but, we'll do our best. Yeah, and then after that, we're getting into the playoffs. Playoffs start the week after the playing starts the Monday after the Masters. Mm-hmm. We the, could end up that week. Yeah, we'll see. But because of the playoffs, it end up being on every night or every other night. You know, stuff happens thick and fast, so could be maybe a couple of extra episodes throughout the playoffs. So we'll see. We'll have to have a talk about that and figure it out. Yeah, look out for it. Thanks for listening, yeah, guys. Cheers. See you.